Good morning again, Christ Fellowship. I know some of you are like, I want to see the other video the way it finished. Uh, you will see that one in a little bit. But this one was to kick off our series. We're in a brand new series. Does anyone know what the name is? It's right on your bulletin. We believe the foundations of our faith. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you right from the beginning is what is a saying that you live by? What is something that you live by? Every single person has pretty much a saying or something that you pretty much either say or you hold dearly to your heart that you really shape your life by. What is a specific saying? You could even whisper it to someone next to you if you have one. You could whisper it or you could shout it out. What? No matter what, God will see me through. Another saying, all things, I've heard that somewhere, all things are possible. What? Come here, come here. Run up. Come, come. Corre. No? Say it from there. You got to believe. You got to believe. That's a great saying. What else? Anything from up there? It's all by, I've seen that somewhere too. It's all by faith and not by sight. But there's so many different sayings or beliefs that you might live your life by. And just to give you an example, these are some. I've heard people say, of course, God first. No matter what, God first. I've heard people say, family first. Even above God, I've heard them say. Family first, whatever... I'm just saying, I'm not saying these are right or wrong. I'm just saying these are what I've heard. Family first. Chase your passion. Never quit no matter what. And some of them you could finish off for me. Honesty is the best. Some of us live by that. Breathe in courage. Breathe out fear. Throw me to the wolves and I will return Leading the pack. Some of you have heard that. It's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Like so, that's certain sayings people live by. We must become the change we wish to see in this world. And life begins at the end of your comfort zone. So that's just to give you an idea. Those are specific sayings. And let me tell you something. Every single one of us, each of us, everyone that lives in this world, we live by a certain saying. We might not say it, but we believe it. And it's something that we hold to our heart. And you know what that is? That's a creed. It's a creed. And just for you to know what a creed is, a creed is a set of beliefs which guide someone's actions. A set of beliefs that guide someone's actions. So you believe this in your heart, whether it's right or wrong, and it guides your daily actions and you live by it. So today in this series that we, we, we're kicking off called We Believe, we're going to be focusing on the Apostles' Creed. Now, I didn't mention Apollo Creed. That has nothing to do with Rocky. I know some of you love Rocky. You might be excited about Apollo Creed, but we're talking about the Apostles' Creed. And for us to know, it's the oldest creed in Christianity. 
It's pretty much the very first statement of faith in Christianity. The apostles themselves didn't write it, but it was written within 200 years, pretty much in the movement of the church. And with that too, because everything goes and is based straight from the scriptures and what the apostles said, that's why they attribute it to the apostles' creed. And what's interesting with the Apostles' Creed is that every form and shape of Christianity believes in the Apostles' Creed. So whether you're Pentecostal, whether you're Charismatic, you're Presbyterian, you're Baptist, you're non-denominational like us, you know, like even if you're Catholic, any form under the umbrella of Christianity would say, that the Apostles' Creed is the statement of faith that they all adhere to. Now, something that's important for us to realize is that the, the, the Apostles' Creed, there's nothing, like, in a sense, um, when it comes to it, it's not the Word of God, you could say, but the statements in it point toward to the Word of God. So the Word of God, this is our source. The Apostles' Creed reflects what the Word of God says. So we're going to read it together. It's in the back of your bulletin. So you could just pull it out. Uh, you could turn to the back. We could try to read it together. How about that? All right. We're going to try. <clears throat> Start in the beginning. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sit sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he, he shall come to judge the quick and the dead, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. There in the Apostles' Creed, there's three main parts to it. Do you see it? Three main parts. It talks about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who out of the three is the main focus on? The amount that it's discussed in the Apostles' Creed. Jesus is the most. He, of course, Father God is mentioned, the Holy Spirit is mentioned, but a lot of the verses, you could say of it, is focused on Jesus. Like there it says, he was conceived, he was born, he suffered, he was crucified, he died, he was buried, he descended, he rose again, he ascended, he seated, and he'll come again. And the reason why I just even highlighted that real quick is because it's important for us to realize that many times creeds come out when there's a lot of things that have to be corrected or when there's confusion. So here, during this time, there were a lot of false teachers. There were a lot of false things saying. And here the church came together and said, hey, 
Let's get the story straight. Let's communicate clearly what the scripture says and what we've learned. So they put together the Apostles' Creed. I'm going to read to you from Jude chapter 1 verse 3 just for you to get an idea. It says this, Dear friends, uh, this is Jude, Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else. So right there you could tell, like, there's something urgent that's happening. There's people saying things about Jesus or the Father or the Holy Spirit that wasn't accurate. So he says, but there's something else urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. And there's something that you can even look there, once for all time. The story is not going to change. That is the story. That is the truth. And here Jude is saying, it's like, you know what? We have to defend our faith. And even now this moment, there's certain things that we might be sitting here and we might believe that's not accurate according to the word of God. You know, because think about it. It's like each of us, we have different backgrounds. We have different upbringings. We have different journeys. And in the journey, it's so easy to be like, hey, this sounds kind of good. I'm going to put this in my pocket. Like, you know what I mean? You, you start picking up things that doesn't belong. So here, Jude is saying we need to defend our faith. And for each of us here, we need to defend our faith too. We need to make sure that our life is grounded in the foundation that God has established. And that we're not swayed by different teachings or different things that are not, it's not based on the word of God. So here, where we're going to start today is very simply, really the first sentence you could say. And what I love about it is the way it starts. It starts, it says, I believe. Think about that. The Apostles' Creed starts, I believe. My question to you is, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe what you say, what you read, and what God says? And something that we need to realize, too, is this, is it was funny because this past week we were talking about this um, in, in the office. I was talk we were talking with Hartley about this. It's, it's just the fact that I believe to them back then, to us today, is completely different. For us, I believe it's just like, you know, I accept it's true. Like, you know, I, I do believe it. But to them, it's completely different and so much more. To them, I believe, means that you trust what you're reading and seeing. You trust what you're willing and seeing. And even beyond trust, you're committing to it. So it's not like, oh, I believe it's true. No, no, no. You trust that it's true. And you're willing to commit to it's true. And even beyond commitment, you're willing to take action that it is true. You're willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice that it is true. You believe it with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your soul. We know so many disciples paid the ultimate price being martyred because of Jesus. And when you think about it, they would have not gone down that journey if they would believe in so many ways the way we do today. 
Think about it. If we would be a disciple during that time, would we be willing to lay everything down? Be willing to trust, to commit, be willing to take action no matter what it takes. It's not a convenient belief, oh, I believe in Jesus when I need him. I, I believe in Jesus almost like I believe there's a vending machine in so many places and I could just go up to him and ask him for something when I need him. Do I believe in Jesus pretty much in that way or do I believe in Jesus that I'm going to follow him? Do I believe in Jesus that he is the truth? Even when the world around me might be saying something else, even when people might be criticizing me, even people making fun of me, people threatening me, even when there's haters all around, even when the report given to me by everyone around me says something contrary to what the word of God says, do I still believe what God says is true? Does God have the final word? Because even here in the Apostles' Creed, those two words, the way it starts, I believe, is so much more than what you thought when you initially read it. It's so much deeper. It's like, no, I believe, and I'm willing to trust what I believe. I'm willing to commit to what I believe. I'm willing to lay down my life to what I believe. I'm willing to take action because of that. My life will be steered towards what I believe. Do you believe in Jesus in that way? Or do you believe in Jesus the way the world believes now? They say, I believe, but any pretty much breeze from the wind will drift them away. Is your belief an anchor that no matter what storm you might be facing in your life, your belief in God will stay strong no matter what? Because you know that God is true. Let everything around us be, everyone be liars, but God is true. Yo, you know that when you turn to the Bible and you read the scriptures, you don't have to read it saying, oh, is God lying to me? This is truth. And it's worth all of us to be able to believe, commit, trust, and give everything to what God says. And on that note, I just want to encourage you, when was the last time you opened the Bible to read it? When was the last time you decided, because think about this, if 24-7 you just fill your ears with the lies of the world, you know, the misconceptions of what other people say, that's why so many times I've seen people that say they're Christians but when you ask them a question about their life in any way that's pretty clear that goes contrary to what the Bible say, they find the ways to defend it. And it's not because, like, deep down inside, they might think that the Bible might be completely true, but the world has convinced them that there's another path to take. What path are you choosing to take? So that's a big question today. Do you believe? What's amazing is that 80% of people say they believe in God. 80% say they believe in God. But I wonder out of those 80%, how, how much is the percentage that believes in God the way the apostles did? I wonder. Because think about this. If here in the United States, 80% believed in God the way the apostles did, 
our country would be very different compared to what it was, uh, the way it is today. So for each of us, think about that. It's like, do you have the type of belief of an apostle that wrote the, the apostles that um, pretty much was the foundation of the people that wrote the Apostles' Creed? Or is it the way the world sees it today? In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So here we clearly say, uh, see that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I really believe that every single one of us that's here, you want to please God. That's why you're here in church on Sunday. It's a beautiful day. You could have been barbecuing at home. Some of you right now, you're thinking about hamburgers and hot dogs. You know, you're like, we're almost done. You got chills. You got to wait. So you know what I mean? It's like you're thinking about those things. But you came here this morning because you want to please God. But here, it's clear, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You don't please God just because you show up to church on Sunday. Just because you show up to church, you don't please God because of that. Because you could still be living a life contrary to what God wants and show up to church. You know, you please God when you walk in faith, when your life is pretty much adhering to the word of God. So for each of us, Let's walk pleasing God and wanting to do what he wants us to do. In, in the Apostles' Creed, it says this, I believe in God, the Father, and I'm going to even stop there. What I love there, it's highlighting the Father. It's like this is something we need to realize. During that time, during Jesus' time, the Jews would have so many different titles for God, but they wouldn't be using Father. So when you think about it, when Jesus taught the disciples on how to pray, well, how did he teach them to pray? Started off saying, our Father. We don't realize it because we read this now quickly, but that was revolutionary back then. That's like, what? Our Father? It's like I could have that type of relationship with God. Like he, he doesn't have to be distant. He could be like my dad. I could run to him like a son and daughter. So here's something we need to realize, too, that through the Gospels, there's pretty much hundreds of moments where the, our father, like father, the word father is referenced. The Apostle Paul, when he would write his letters, he would begin by acknowledging the father as well. So for us, we need to realize that here in the Apostles' Creed, when it was written, they wanted the Christianity, Christians for generations to come to realize, hey, you have a father. You have a father that loves you, that cares about you, that's approachable, that you could come up to him. Someone that completely loves you and cares about you so much beyond what you could ever, ever imagine. So I wonder even ourselves here, what type of relationship do we have with God? Do we treat God as he's super distant or do we approach him as a father as well? Something that's powerful there too in the Apostles' Creed, it says, I believe in, the, in God, the Father, and the next word, almighty. Now, almighty here, 
I, I know we even sang about this before, and this wasn't even planned, but Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it highlights nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So here, here, the word almighty. God is almighty. There's nothing above God. God is at the very top, reigning and ruling. Now, if there's nothing, now, even here, when we think about that, in your own mind, nothing is impossible uh, with God. You could circle the word in your mind, nothing. Never forget that. Because that's the truth. God doesn't lie. Nothing is impossible for him. But you know what happens? Satan comes and whispers in your ear. No, no, this is greater than what God could do. God can't handle that mountain. Maybe a smaller mountain God can handle, but that mountain God can't handle. That mountain is greater than God. Is that the truth? That's not the truth. The truth says that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Now, even in your own life, for every single person here, and what I love about that verse, it says nothing is impossible, but it says with God. So we can't forget those two words, with God. You know, there's certain things that are not possible if you remove those two words out of the equation. If you just, like a nice little saying, a creed that you might have in your life, you might say nothing is impossible and you neglect or take away with God. And that's the creed you live by in your life. Let me tell you, that's not a good creed to live by or accurate creed to live by because according to scriptures, nothing is impossible with God. You need to have God. Do you have God? Is God in your life? It's not just about knowing about him. It's living for him. It's not about just knowing that you accepted him once. You have the date. You might have the certificate hanging in your room somewhere or stuffed in your closet of the day you gave yourself to the Lord or you were baptized or whatever it may be. But I'm talking about today. I'm talking about are you following a living and powerful and active king that's moving, just how Pastor Diana mentioned during tithe, is as active doing miracles today as he was during biblical times. Maybe we sometimes don't see these things as often because maybe we're not following the God of the Bible. Maybe we're following the God that we just create in our minds that's convenient for when we need him. Something that's amazing, too, that says there in the Apostles' Creed, I'll start from the beginning. It says, I believe in God the Father, almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And what I love about that, too, right from the, begin right from the beginning, it pretty much says, hey, he made it all. He owns it all. We're accountable to him. He made everything. He's the creator of everything. No one created him. He is God. So for us, think about that. If he's the maker of heaven and earth, think about our lives now. How different would it be if we just surrender to him, depend on him, trust him? 
I think that creating the heavens and the earth is a greater challenge, you could say, compared to certain things that we might be experiencing in our lives. Creating things from scratch, the God that's almighty is there to help us, to be with us, to lead this life with us, but it's completely up to us. What I love about Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's, for us to realize, that's a declaration. That's not an argument statement. That's a declaration. He created it. That's it. Whether you believe it or not doesn't change the fact that that's truth. That's truth. And if for some reason it's hard for you to believe it, that's something you need to wrestle with. And even how Pastor Harold mentioned, for God to like help our unbelief. Turn to God and be like, God, help me believe more because I struggle with this. But just because you struggle with it doesn't change the fact that it's true. But the bottom line is, do we trust God? I know here through this series, we're going to be going through, we're going to go through the entire Apostles' Creed. Next week, we will be taking a break because it is our anniversary service. But here, even with the first statement, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Do you trust God? Do you trust him? It's easy to trust him when things are going well. It's easy to trust him when you're not in the middle of a storm. It's easy to trust him when your life is falling apart. It's easy to trust them when you have circumstances around you that you have more questions than answers. It's easy to trust them when you feel like you've been single for such a long time, wondering when God or someone is going to provide for you. It's easy for, uh, it's easy for you to go through life and to trust him, let's say, when everything is falling according to schedule, you could say. But what if things are not? And I really believe at this moment, even in this church, so many of us might be challenged in trusting God. And I want you to see a video that's right behind me. Even now, as we close in prayer, just put your hand on someone's shoulder near you. We're a big family, even if you're here in the balcony or on the floor. Father God, we come before you. And it's beautiful to come before you and say, Father, God, we come before you as sons and daughters. We come before you because there's mountains in people's lives here that have come to the altar. There's things that are tormenting them, things that are challenging them. But God, we fix our eyes on you. We know that you're the God of miracles, God. And we ask you for a miracle even now, God. We ask you for the mountain to be removed, God. For the mountains to be moved, God, from their lives. God, we pray, Lord God, for the impossible to happen just because you're in the picture. God, we pray, Lord God, that every heart would be filled with faith, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that every heart would be encouraged. We pray, Lord God, that you would give a fresh revelation to every single person on who you are, God, that they would not, never forget who you are, the character of who you are, Lord God. 
You're God, you're the God Almighty. You're God that's true and almighty, God. So God, we submit and commit everything into your hands, God. And we just trust you. We trust you. Even when the whispers, even when the reports, even when the people talk, even when the circumstances look opposite on what I think it should be according to your will, God, we will trust you. Even when we look behind us, and we don't see no one to catch us. We know, God, that you will not let us fall. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.